What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. 704-570-1110 is the phone number. 1-800-WBT-1110. Either way. Uh, you can also email Pete at the Pete com, which I should point out. I should really do this at least once, well, once a week, probably minimum. It's Callender with a K. K-A-L-I-N-E-R. I have been advised to just go ahead and spell it like the calendar. I have been advised to do that by multiple people over the years. You're not the first. I got a, <laughs> I got a text or a, a message from uh, a listener who is like, all this time I thought your name was Calendar. Like, yes, a lot of people do. But it's K-A-L-I-N-E-R. Uh, and so you can follow me on Twitter, on Getter. I'm usually on Twitter, though, and also Facebook and all of the other apps. Remember, get the podcast at WBT.com as well. So, um, I don't know, folks, probably, well, if I've been doing this right, you didn't even realize that I have been doing the show from home since I got uh, COVID, uh, since my my rapid test uh, popped positive the week after Christmas. Christy came down with it, and her her test showed, like, Almost immediately, you know, like the two lines, uh, you know, like the pregnancy test was like, bam, like two lines, like no doubt about it. You're definitely sick. And she was feeling uh, she was feeling ill. So we knew that was the case. And I was like, look, I probably got it, too. I don't know how I would not have. And so I took a test. And sure enough, it, it wasn't as quick and as bright lined as hers, but you could still see the lines. And so, okay. And then, like, the day after, I started feeling sick as well. And so, yeah, we got the Omicron. Oh, sorry. We, uh, yeah, we got the Omicron. It's very scary. And so, yeah, we're fine. I tried to kind of power through it just in case it wasn't going to be too severe. But then, like, on that Wednesday, I lost my voice, basically. And so, uh, went down for, like, two days, came back. And I've been going uh, ever since. And uh, so it's been like that was the first week of January. Right. So it's a month ago. So in order to go back into the building, to be permitted back into the building at work, I have to have a PCR test. I got to be cleared because uh, I guess the lawyers require it. So I, I, I got to go get a PCR test. All right. So I, I go online. I uh, find, oh, look at that. There's a. There's a, a pharmacy right, like literally a block away. Not even a block away. It's not even a block away from me. So I can just walk there. And uh, little did I know uh, that this would actually be necessary. So I uh, so I book an appointment, and I got to get my PCR. And so I booked the appointment for, and they got a little drive through lane. Okay. So this morning, because the appointment is for after the show today, so I, I, I don't have any... Like this is going to be to be continued, okay? So, spoiler alert. Um, this morning, Christy and we knew we knew Christy's car was having problems. This has been going on for like about a month now. Uh, we actually took it over to Woody's, and they were great. They were like, "Look, it's not going to leave you on the side of the road. It's not going to break down while you're driving, but it's going to have some problems starting because there's like some fuel issue." And they actually said, "The amount of money you're looking at to fix the repair to make the repairs on this vehicle, it's probably not worth it." So they actually, like, declined to do the business, like, like to help us out. They said, don't spend the money, basically. The car's not worth it. So, uh, so like, all right, fine. Well, I'm working from home, so, Christy, you drive my car. Well, this morning, Christy tried to drive her car, and it didn't start. Okay. 
what I go over to the the website for the pharmacy. I'm like, what do I do? I'm going to be walking over because the car isn't uh, uh, didn't start this morning. So the website says call the pharmacy. Okay, so I call the pharmacy. Uh, they bounced me to what apparently turned out to be a national phone bank customer representative who then said you got to call the local store so i said okay fine so i hang up i call back the local store uh they said she had told me go to pharmacy so i punch number two i go to pharmacy and the pharmacy then transfers me someplace else uh that person then uh puts me on hold well i tell them what had happened i said i'm gonna need to walk up and they're like well you have to have a car i said well i but i don't have a car and they said well can you get somebody to drive you and I thought, that's an interesting question to ask somebody. Why would you why would you say that? Like I said, I'm a block away, man. I'm like I can almost see your building from my window. I I'm like right here. And you're gonna tell me I have to arrange for somebody to come pick me up and drive over there? Oh, so then I got disconnected when he went to put me on hold to check and see what to do. So then I had to call back, go through the, the, the phone tree menu and all of that stuff again. So I get back to him. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, it's a, no, no problem. People get disconnected all the time. It's fine. So then he says, uh, yeah, so you're going to have to. So he says, so call when you're walking over here, call. And uh, we'll then like shut down the drive through line for you so you can get your Test kit. Now, I've had this done before, by the way. When I was down in Georgia for uh, Thanksgiving, um, I went and got a PCR test. And I've already been through this process before at this at the competing pharmacy, their operation. And I was in a car, so I know what to expect. You drive up, they give you the kit, they walk you through the directions while you're in the car, you, you know, swab the nose, you put it in a thing, and then you drop it in like this little box that they had attached to the side of the building. That's the that's the process. So I said, all right, so you're going to let me walk up through the drive through and and get this thing. I said, is it can I just can I just walk into the building? And they said, no. Why? Why not? Like, it's, it's got to go through the slot. The test has to go through the slot, like, you know, for the like you know, the, the drawer, like the bank teller drawer kind of thing. It's got to go through that thing. Because they don't want they don't want to touch the test or to have me touch the test or whatever they they don't want to they don't want to spread it by touching the test by handing me the test. I said, you know, it's not spread by surface contact, right? It's spread by aerosol, right? <laughs> and he said, these are the OSHA regulations. That I be in a car, OSHA requires me to be in a car. I said, how about if I just walk in and you just put it on the desk? Now look. In full disclosure, like at this point, I'm just kind of testing to see what the policies are because now I'm fascinated at the level of stupidity. So I'm like, okay, so can I just walk in and you leave it on the counter? And then I'll pick it up off of the counter. And he says, no. And I said, why not? And he says, because you'd be in the store mingling with the other customers. You mean the other customers that are in there buying the rapid test to find out if they've got COVID right now? I mean, those people, the ones that are hacking through their masks while they stand in line with their uh, rapid test boxes? If they're even still on the shelves. I mean, those people. I said, dude, I had it like a, a month ago. I just need a clear PCR test. So, no. Apparently, after the show, I'm going to shut down a drive through line by walking up so as to not be in the presence of another person while I get the PCR test that will show I don't have it because I had it a month ago. 
That's Dave Matthews Band. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it, making me a part of your day. So uh, I got a couple of uh, responses here to the uh, the PCR ridiculous story. Um, Monica says, it seems like the OSHA regulations are not very friendly to the underprivileged. It It does, doesn't it? I understand not wanting to encourage people walking up to the drive-thru. I get that. Right. Like I am reminded of a friend of mine back in college who one particular late night uh, walked through a drive through and mimicked the sound of a running engine and car horn in order to try to get service. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to do here. Like, seriously, like I will walk up if you just slide the thing out. I can walk up, grab it and go off. to. The, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just going to walk over. I'm going to do the swab and a seal it up and I'm going to dump it in your little uh, drop box, right? But this idea that, well, I, I can't I can't be around you. Like It's a PCR test. It's not a rapid antigen test for like right now. Uh, it, it's not a test to find out, am I sick right now? I've already told you I had it like a month ago. So I'm beyond the incubation period for spreading it. So I am no risk to you. Now, I understand you're going to have to take my word for that. Just like you're taking the word of every single person that walks into your building, right? The only thing is because I'm walking in and asking for a PCR test, now I'm a plague rat, right? Now I'm a leper, right? I'm super, super contagious. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, somebody walking in with the, you know, arm full of all of the boxes of rapid tests to find out if they have it right now, they're fine. Right, they they are free to walk in, stand in line, mingle with the customers, mingle with the uh, the workers. That's all okay. No, no, the plexiglass will protect you from that person. But me, who just told you I had it a month ago, just need a clean test, and no, because my car won't. Now look, I'm gonna go when I, when I leave. I'm gonna walk down. I'm gonna try to start the car. And if the car starts, I'm gonna get in the car and I'm gonna drive through the drive-through. And then I'm, and I'm gonna say. I'm the one that you guys were giving a hard time to. Um, and, okay, look, they weren't they weren't giving me a hard time. They were just following orders. Mm-hmm. You know who else was just following orders? Anyway, uh, Mandy says, Pete, best of luck. I had to have a PCR test in January. It took 75 hours, but then 15 minutes to get the results. <laughs> Man, it is... It's nuts. Like, it is, this is insanity. There isn't any other way to describe it. There really isn't. You're telling me that you can't be handing me a test because you're afraid that it will spread somehow by simply me standing there and taking possession of a thing from your hand. That that is going to create a super spreader type event. Or maybe just a spreader. It might just be a spreader. A less than super spreader event. But everybody else gets to come in, do their shopping, and you feel confident that none of them are sick. I mean, that's that's insane. So uh, here's another uh, email. Uh, Dear President Biden voter, the Pete PCR drive through story perfectly sums up the status quo regarding coronavirus. Is this what you wanted when you voted for him? Please call in and explain. Sincerely, not a President Biden voter. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. 
Uh, I look, I think this is part of the reason why uh, Biden's numbers have uh, dropped so pre- uh, precipitously is that there there doesn't seem to be an end in sight on this stuff. And there's no off ramp that he or anyone else is able to provide us. I think that's one of the major reasons. Let me go over here to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, how's it hey. going? What's up? Uh, I got a good one for you. My son works in the healthcare uh, industry, and he tested positive for COVID. They had him come back after five days after pause after testing positive, even though he was still coughing and sneezing, and he was able to see patients. But during lunch, they made him sit out in the car by himself because they didn't <laughs> want him to be around the other employees. <laughs> now, I don't even know what to say. What? We just laugh. Like, are you? You're kidding me, right? Right. No. It's just. This is. It, this is the insanity of it. Yeah. It, it's, he was. He was. He worked with elderly people, also. Right. Right. Because they. So they're willing to make a carve out. They're willing to make an exemption for him. Yeah. Uh, in this one limited case, because it directly affects them, and so at this point, they feel confident that they're not going to get sick from him. But all those elderly immunocompromised patients, good luck. Right. Except apparently, well, well, hang on a second. Now, hang on. This just came to me. Is it possible that the new variant, the stealth Omicron, right? Is it possible that the stealth Omicron variant is, I don't know, maybe it's super contagious during lunch periods? Is that possible? Uh, I think that's what they told us. I think during lunchtime, it was some like a heightened uh, thing where it was more likely to contain, you know, transmit it during lunch, but not during the rest of the time of the day. Right. I think that's what they said. Right, because like we... Said, though, yeah. You know what? The science is not driving decisions. Money is driving the decisions. Yeah, and politics. You know, uh, yeah. No, I, I appreciate the call, Jeff. That's a crazy story. Thanks for sharing it. <music> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. That's right, Monica. Stealth Omicron knows. I've been saying this from the very beginning when the rules started getting uh, uh, cleared up for us and we got we got real insight into how the virus was working. This was early in the pandemic, like about three, four months in. I started seeing uh, like the responses that the experts trademark was uh, uh, the experts were um, uh, were recommending to us. And I could tell. This is the smartest virus we have ever encountered in human history. It knew, for example, if I was going to be screaming for Black Lives Matter versus singing in a church. It knew that. And the church singing, that was not virtuous to COVID. COVID knew. And COVID would smite down those who sang in church or participated in church but it would spare those virtuous people screaming uh, in the Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter protest marches and events. Uh, another example of COVID's brilliance. It knew if I was sitting or standing at a bar. It knew this. Remember the Selwyn Pub story where uh, the, the, some COVID ambassador uh, who you know, walks around, they have the sash. And they greet people on behalf of COVID. Um, They talk about how great COVID is and that sort of thing. They hold cocktail parties and stuff where everybody sits. You can't stand because Selwyn Pub 
They had people standing, and one of the ambassadors had to pay them a visit after a complaint was filed by, I think it was a resident named Karen, or as I like to refer to them, Grubers. These are Grubers. These are people who rat out everybody else. Named after uh, Rolf Gruber from Sound of Music. He was the little, he was the boyfriend of Liesel, and then he became a Nazi brown shirt kid, and then he blew the whistle, literally blew the whistle to alert the Nazis that the Von Trapp family was escaping out the back of the of the convent. Anyway, that's Gruber, Rolf Gruber. I call them Grubers, because it's, you know, it's, it's more uh, inclusive. It's not simply limited to a single gender. I'm not, see, because it's 2022 now, I'm not trying to assign gender to anybody, so Gruber is unisex in a non-genderless sort of way. Anyway, so you've got the uh you got the covid uh that is uh that is smiting people left and right all over the place. Smite 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 when you stand at the bar. But if you sit, no covid. Apparently, like I don't know, maybe because covid figures, you know, sitting is the new smoking and so it's going to kill, you know, it's going it's trying to get you killed one way or another, but if you're standing I I, I don't know. Sitting, COVID leaves you, leaves you alone. If you're standing, COVID comes after you. So they're like, don't stand, obviously. Same thing with restaurants. Like if you're walking, even though, yes, you are creating airflow disruption, right? And so while some might think that you're blowing around the little micro droplets of lung juice suspended in the... I'm sorry, I forgot it's lunchtime. I apologize. I don't mean to don't mean to gross you out. But like you're walking through a restaurant and you're like creating this airflow disruption. And while some might think that that would be of benefit, no, no, COVID knows what you're doing. COVID knows. This is why you've got to put the mask back on, even if it's a dirty, scuzzy cloth mask. You have put that back on while you walk to the restroom. Okay, and if you don't, be careful because a Gruber might yell at you. So, so COVID knows these things, and so maybe, maybe COVID also knows if I'm in a car or not in a car when I get the PCR test. I wouldn't put it past COVID. COVID knows a lot. It knows a lot. Jerry, welcome to the show. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Hey, Pete, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. What's going on? Good. When you were telling the whole story, all I kept thinking was, why can't they hand you the mask? They're going to hand you the test. They're going to be wearing a mask, so obviously they can't catch anything. Right. If the masks work, why don't the masks work, right? Right, right. And the the other thing I've I've been wondering about is what kind of, like, panic and meltdown are people going to go into... When the authorities here in North Carolina finally, and, and the state of Mecklenburg, yeah. finally decide that we don't have to wear the masks anymore. I think at that point, they're, the, the, first off, I guess you're always going to have a population that is so far down the path of panic that they're not going to be reachable, right? The branch COVIDians, they're, they're going to be so far gone, you're not going to be able to reach them. But I think a lot of other people are going to take solace in the percent positive metric that the county officials are going to cite. They're going to say, look, this is, uh, we hit our goal, yay us, we're awesome, and now we can take the masks off. The mandate can end because we got to below 5% for seven straight days. That's assuming, of course, that we actually get to that goal, because I'm not so sure we can get to the goal, but we'll see. I I don't think they're ever going to say, I think it's going to be a cold day and you know where, mm-hmm. 
we're going to more people are going to have to revolt and just stop wearing them. Um, I don't. And when people look at me, I just give them a big old smile and a thumbs up and go on my way. Yeah. I appreciate the call, Jerry. Thank you. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I got a uh, tweet here from Unperson. I don't make up their names. They choose their own names here, people. Okay, so uh, Pete, having never done this, a couple quick questions. Number one, is the drop box at the pharmacy sterilized after each sample is left inside? No, but the samples themselves are in a plastic bag. So you get a self-contained bag, you open the bag, you take your stuff out, you do the swab, you put it into a little container, you seal the container, you drop it into another bag, and then you put that into the the drop box. But, yes, I have touched the outside of the bag. So it is, like, literally no different than them handing me the bag. Uh, number two, are the tests gathered up and sent to a lab or done on site? I believe they are sent to a lab. and uh, But that may vary depending on, uh, you know, what facility, what clinic you're going to. Um, seems like there are opportunities for cross-contamination. Uh, there are. Sure, there, I'm sure there are opportunities. If you don't seal your bag up correctly, whatever, then I guess there could be. Sure. Um, but I'm, I'm just playing by the rules that I've been told to play by on this stuff. Seriously, like... They say this is what I have to do. Then I'm going to go do it, and we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. I've already had to do it once, so um, I know what the process is going to be. I know what it looks like. It's not difficult. Um, it's I mean, obviously there are people that are making it more complex than it needs to be, but once again, most of the time these rules are you know these are written by lawyers trying to avoid lawsuits and trying to protect you know corporate interests and whatever so like i get it doesn't make it better but uh it really is going to come down to whether or not my car starts that's what it's really going to come down to news talk 1110 and 99.3 wbt have you seen this clip it's gone viral out of wake county I got the audio. We'll play it in a second first. Going to go out on a limb. They're going to take a risk here. Bring on Tim. See how good of a joke this actually is, Tim. There's a lot of pressure here. Uh, I'll be all right. Hey, uh, I'll be the judge of that. These people you speak of, do they have they listened to your radio program? Uh, which people? The people from uh, where you're getting your test on. Oh uh, no, they don't know me from anyone. All right, because I would say if they know how you speak of uh, the lung juice and you've lost, like, the weight of half a human in, like, five months, they might think you're some kind of super spreader. Fauci might have a picture of you. Hey, keep an eye on this guy. He might have a a variant we didn't know about yet. I'm just saying. You might be on his radar, and uh, I am going to put on the two speakers on my radio here in the garage couple of masks on there just in case just in case no that's fair because uh, i mean <laughs> covid might be smart enough to make its way through the uh, the air signal uh into your radio and then through the speakers it's possible it's a very smart disease so i do uh, hope pete that we are so f- we're going to get past this uh hysteria at some point yeah well i mean we just move forward yeah, at some point the fever breaks. Not sure how, not sure when, uh, but I think it. I think it. It has to. You know, I think it. I think it has to. I don't think it's sustainable in its current form. So, uh, Tim, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. And uh, 
Yes, unperson. I know what an unperson is. I just just saying I didn't make up your name. You chose your name. Unperson on the Twitter machine. He says an unperson is a non-person, a person who has no rights and a person publicly ignored, especially by the government and media. In extreme cases, an unperson is an individual. Big Brother executes and erases all traces of his or her existence. Like I was just saying, like you went by unperson because sometimes when I say people's names, the Twitter handles that people use, like I'm just pointing out, I didn't, like I'm not calling you that. You called that. Okay, never mind. Um, so I want to also take the moment here to recognize someone who, like, I'm going to be honest. I'm probably not ever going to recognize you again because uh, at some point it's not worth my time. I'm just going to go ahead and, and block you, which is Dean. Oh, Dean. True Dean has finally shown himself on my email. And it usually works like this. So somebody will come and they'll try to, uh, uh, they'll try to, They'll try to lie their way into sort of good graces. And so when I first started, Dean would send me emails, and he seemed like someone who was, you know, would disagree, which is fine, but uh, was kind of rational. And and at some point along the way, I kind of got the sense that Dean might be a little off. And then I started getting the sense that he might not be very bright. And I wasn't sure, like, are you trying to troll and you're just not good at it? Are you not smart or whatever? And I wasn't sure. But Dean has finally revealed himself in the telling of my story about the pharmacy thing. Did anybody get the sense that like I was um, uh, that I was condescending towards the uh, towards the the guy on the phone? Because I, I I wasn't. I didn't condescend to the person. I was simply asking him the questions of why. And I've noticed over the years that that question tends to uh, inspire reactions from people that really are illustrative and in the case of dean like in the case of the pharmacy it it brought to light the the stupidity of their rules because it doesn't make any sense why you would be selling rapid tests over the counter but not allowing somebody to come in and pick up a packet off the counter and walk outside like that's not allowed but somebody is allowed to come in shop the whole store, wait in line, check out with their rapid test. See, to me, my why question there is why is one allowed and one isn't? Because it's obviously not a consistent standard, right? So when I raise the why questions, it tends to surface a lot of the, um, a lot of information. And uh, it has apparently, and this was not my intent, but it's, uh, it's gravy. Uh, it has surfaced Dean in his true form. And I've read some of his emails uh, over the few months I've been here, and this will probably be the last one. So here's what Dean takes away from the story. You ready? Quote, you are assuming, oh, sorry, the subject line uh, was assumption. He says, you are assuming that because you are of superior intelligence and honesty, you can circumvent established procedures. Please excuse us all. Dean. So now you know Dean's true heart towards me, towards the show, towards the stuff I say. See, like this, this surfaced his true feelings, which is contempt, right? He has contempt. He, he believes that my story is somehow sort of uh, by asking why are these rules the way they are, he projects upon me the thing that he believes I am. He thinks that I am trying to prove superior intelligence and honesty. When it didn't require, my story required none of that. My story simply said, 
I'm asking you why I have to have a car to come through and get the test, which I then put in the drop box. Now, Dean could have approached it in any other ways. He could have asked other questions, but he didn't. So, Dean, this is where you and I part ways, buddy. I would say I've enjoyed some of your emails, but that's not really the case. I haven't. Um, You're free to call in. If you'd like to try and have discussions, free to do that. But like, I'm, I think I'm done trying to decipher your emails because most times I can't figure them out. But then again, maybe that's just because I am uh, superior intelligence. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's what that's due to. No, it's it's Dean operating in bad faith is what that is. It doesn't. My, my honesty or intelligence has nothing to do with the pharmacy's protocols, with the rules that they have set up that don't make any sense. They don't. But see, Dean doesn't know how to react to that. He doesn't know how to answer the why. He just needs he just needs to attack. He needs to lash out. He needs to call me a name. He needs to uh, to try to you know be mean, if you will, mean Dean, all mean Dean. That's all. So, yeah, we're going to part ways now, Dean. Uh, Good luck yelling into the abyss. Um, Let me see here. Then there was, oh, this Wake County Assistant Superintendent. This kills me. This guy, um, Paul Coe, I think is his name. Yeah, Paul Coe, Wake County Public Schools Assistant Superintendent. He's an assistant superintendent, and he got up in front of the uh, school district the other day, and he was going over... uh, an idea, uh, a proposal, a recommendation to start masking two-year-olds. And the, the reason why is to get them trained up so they are ready for kindergarten, pre-K and kindergarten. Parents objected to this. You're masking two-year-olds. And this is proof that you have this desire to keep the mask mandate in place for a very long time. And he said, no, that's not true. But you just said it, Mr. Coe. You just said that. We'll take a listen to what he said up next. 